0: This podcast is part of the Democracy Group Welcome, welcome, welcome We are talking politics and religion without killing each other I am your host, Corey Nathan And it is an honor to be a part of the Democracy Group A network of podcasts that examines what's broken in our democracy And how we can work together to fix it Remember it would be very meaningful if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to our home our, our page there, and scroll down a few episodes to where Apple embeds the option to rate and review in that list of episodes and and uh, review us. Here's why it's so important. Big platforms like Apple simply won't give independent podcasts like this one the time of day unless we make them. So If we get enough written reviews, in addition to those five-star ratings of four, I mean, nobody's perfect, right? (laughs) It pushes us up Apple's charts. And Apple has like this domino effect on so many other uh, podcast apps, CastBox, PocketCast, PodcastAddict, so many others are dependent on Apple's algorithms or something. I don't know exactly how it works, but basically Apple doesn't give us the time of day um you know so who's dominating the charts right now screamers Angertainment, uh, conflict entrepreneurs so one little part of making our democracy healthier uh is by supporting shows not just like mine but this whole space of organizations and voices, including my friends at Village Square, Liz Joyner at Village Square has become a really good friend and their organization does great work. Braver Angels. I've talked a lot about Monty Guzman in her book. I never thought of it that way, which is what I'm trying to learn and do better. Uh, but uh, Monty is a representative with Braver Angels in addition to all of her writing work. Um, there's uh, My buddies at Faithful Politics uh, just, just shared another conversation with them so and of course talking politics and religion without killing each other but a number of others subscribing to these podcasts and specifically writing those reviews says to apple and podcast addict and Castbox and pocketcast and all the major apps that these voices need to be heard not just the screamers and extremists but the ones who are trying to do this thing better do this democracy this republic better have better healthier conversations all that to say leave us a review would you (laughs) so on this edition of tpnr it'll just be me i thought it'd be good to tackle some issues and i'll be doing this from time to time so i just thought it would be good to tackle some issues throughout the coming weeks and months and yeah i'll still be doing the interviews with some wonderful guests we have some great um interviews planned just like we've been doing these last few years. But I'm also going to mix in these talks, partly to help me think through some of the topics we've been grappling with, um, partly to help me exercise my ability to talk about politics and religion without killing each other. Because I I frankly, I just lose my patience. I, I've said it before, like I am not the expert. I'm the patient number one when it comes to this stuff, because, uh, you know, I get into it. You know, I get into conversations in person, online, and sometimes I just lose my shit. I'll just be totally candid with you. Um, So I'm trying to do it better and do exactly the things I've been talking about, you know, emphasizing relationship over the contest of it, you know, and I'm going to do some of that here today in the midst of talking about this particular issue. So, no, I'm not going to be chasing the latest hot headline of the 24 hour news cycle. Um, I guess I'll be keeping up with a lot of the news so you don't have to. And do me a favor, hit me up online with comments and thoughts uh, it'd be fun to interact with you. I am super easy to find. I've said it at the end of every show. Find me at Corey S. Nathan on most of the social media sites. That's at C-O-R-E-Y, S as in Sam, N-A-T-H-A-N, at Corey S. Nathan. So seriously, look me up, comment on one of my posts, drop me a message on Facebook, Instagram, threads, or LinkedIn. Um, I'm not really on Twitter anymore, but you can find me on those, those other sites. So here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, I, I want to address, as might be hinted at in the uh, the title of this episode. Respectfully, you're wrong about the economy. So I'm gonna tackle some things about the economy. There's uh, a narrative that's being pushed, and a lot of folks are buying into it, still buying into it, that the economy is terrible. Respectfully, you're wrong about the economy. I mean, we could feel like there's i don't know uh the sky is purple or the you know the sky is falling or there's no gra like there's with a moonland like there's certain things that people might feel like uh, but they're wrong like if you feel like there's no gravity go try that out it it's gravity's undefeated (laughs) you know what i mean so there are certain numbers that tell us how the economy is doing now There are some folks I'm going to I'm going to share some uh, comments that friends of mine have made uh, people I have relationships with in different walks of life. So I'm going to share some of those. So some folks, it's not it's beyond felt. It's actually in their pocket. So I want to address that, too. But first, I want to talk about the domestic macro economy. We could talk about micro economies geographically or industries, you know, and I listen, I have huge quibbles. I've made no bones about it with the Southern California economy that's been affected, it, that was gravely affected in 2023 by the SAG and WGA strikes. Uh, that's a whole other episode. We may or may not tackle that. Um, so I, I do have uh, specific issues uh, You know, when we start to drill down on micro, the micro parts of the economy. I'm talking about domestic macro economy. So what are some of the typical numbers that you use to assess whether it's a healthy economy or not? It's typically inflation, unemployment, GDP growth, and yeah, the stock market too. Uh, I get some philosophical objections. Uh, here, here's the thing. So let me back up for a second. What happened was uh, I've been I've been a student, uh, at least an amateur, avocational student of the economy ever since my youth. You know, my young adult days when I was a, a Series Seven, Series sixty-three stockbroker, and I've been following these things with a little bit more of a professional background with a little bit more of an informed lens uh, than just the, uh, some folks who hadn't had that experience. Um, so I just look at these these big numbers. So I posted something the other day uh, about the record that the S&P hit. And yeah, it, I, I'll say that my grandfather used to call me a tzitzkamache, which is his version of Yiddish of troublemaker basically or the way he would put it. I said, Zayda, what is a tiskamacha? And he said, if horseshit was electricity, you'd be a powerhouse. So I, you know, a troublemaker. So my baba, my grandmother would say, Oh Sal, you 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 don't know what you're talking about. It's Tsuris, Sir, sir Tsuris. Tsuris is trouble. So I think he was trying to say Tsurismacha. Either way, it was a it was a fun name. It was a fun way for him to give me some crap. And I love my grandfather. Anyway, I was being a titscamacha. I was being a troublemaker by saying Shame about the economy, huh? When the s and I, I posted a story about the S&P hitting a record high and got a lot of comments. So that is, um, uh, we'll dive into the some of the conversations that I had on there. But first, let's just address each of the major indicators. You know, inflation. Inflation was indeed a huge issue. You know, by the middle of 2022, it was, uh, I mean, I think objectively, you'd have to say it was out of control. Um, you know, but if you're also being objective, you'd also have to say that those numbers have been reined in very significantly. Uh, so, you know, listen, a- a inflation rates at, you know, or above 9%, uh, th- that that is certainly not sustainable. However, uh, if you're looking at the actual numbers and the trends, those numbers for several quarters in a row have been reined in quite significantly. Um, it's same thing if you look at um, well, actually, it's not the same thing with GDP growth, GDP growth. Uh, there was definitely a an expected bounce, a huge bounce in that first quarter of 2021, uh, you know, going into the second quarter of 2021 uh, coming out of the COVID. Uh, Depression, frankly, it was a, it was a brief depression, but it was a you know it's a depression nonetheless. But it, there was that expected bounce. But to have four percent GDP growth, that is healthy by any again objective measure, you know. And and we've sustained consistently uh, pretty healthy growth as well. You know, a lot of folks would say, "Oh well, Trump set that up." You know, he uh, he 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 set up the the foundation for what we're experiencing now. I okay. Well, I'll get into responses to what some folks might say about that. But listen, if you're going to give Trump credit for what's happening three years into Biden's administration, would you also give Obama credit for what was happening three years into Trump's administration? And by the way, Trump's GDP growth numbers weren't nearly as healthy as the GDP growth that we're experiencing now. And that's two, three years after, uh, again, two, three years three years into the administration. Yeah, we experienced that first initial bounce, but we're way beyond whatever the bounce, uh, whatever we could have expected out of an initial bounce. There's something that is stable and sustainable now. And if you just look at the numbers, as as a, another friend of mine put it, if you just look at it as an umpire calling balls and strikes, you got to say GDP growth, growth has been uh, has been healthy and, and as healthy as anyone could have expected. Certainly, as healthy as anyone would have, healthier than uh, many people would have predicted as recently as three months ago, let alone six months ago, a year ago, so many people were calling for a recession. We're not in a recession. GDP growth is very healthy. Um, The stock stock market, stock markets are, if you look at the Dow, you look at the S&P, you look at the NASDAQ, they're all hitting record highs. This is not a coincidence. Uh, some, again, we got into a philosophical uh, conversation, uh, and I take some folks' point about, listen, if, if you can't pay for even uh, a meal for four at McDonald's, the last thing you're thinking about is how the Dow is doing. That's a great point, and um, I, I take it I duly noted. Let's put it that way. But I'm using the Dow and the S&P and the NASDAQ as one more, one of me- several measures that you can say, is the economy in a recession? Uh, or is it is it uh doing fairly well and then of course we have to look at we have to look at unemployment uh unemployment has been held below 4% for i think it's it's been uh 50 weeks i, I might be wrong plus or minus on that either way it's been held under 4% for a a number of weeks that we haven't experienced yet you'd have to go back well over sixty years in order to see full employment sustained for that many weeks in a row. Now, you take it contextually. There's a couple ways to to provide some context. Um, one is what I just mentioned. You go back and you see what were folks project. What, what were some economists, many economists, projecting a year ago, two years ago? They were all projecting a uh, a, a recession. A crash landing of this economy. That clearly hasn't happened. Now, I'm not saying we're in perfect shape. I'm still saying there's improvements to be made. I'm still, you know, so I'm not saying that this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm just calling what the numbers are in terms of inflation, unemployment, GDP growth, and stock market as several big um, indicators that we can use to assess where we're at right now. Um, so, what were people projecting? They're projecting a crash landing. They're protect, projecting a recession. We're still not there. Still waiting for it. Um, two. How else can you contextualize this? How are other uh, nations doing when you compare the U.S.'s economy to to other nations around the world, even advanced uh, nations, uh, quote unquote, rich nations or advanced nations? Uh, we're doing better than most other nations. Um, you know, you look at it historically. Just there's so many different ways that you can assess how the market is, how the economy is doing, and by by so many different measures, it's doing great. On the personal, um, that that's that's where I have more uh, understanding, and uh, you know, f- for individual experiences, and I'll get into that in a second. But before we move on. I wanted to tell you about something else that's important, money, (laughs) Uh, specifically your money. In all seriousness, I wanted to tell you about my advisor and my friend, George Meza. George runs Meza Wealth Management, and with George, it's not just about money. It's about helping us manage our present and plan for our future. And unlike a lot of other firms out there, George and I actually have a relationship. He knows me, he knows my family, and I know his wonderful family. I also know his firm and the incredible team he's put together from his chief investment officer to some of the other great people in his office, like Jessica, their head of operations that are always there to help me and with all aspects of our portfolio. You see, the thing is, I got a lot going on. I guess we all got a lot going on and I don't have the time to watch our investments all day, every day. And even if i did i don't have the experience and expertise that george's team collectively has so we get the entire Mesa wealth management team all their expertise and all their integrity and again it's based on george knowing me personally knowing my goals and even the kind of risk that's appropriate for me to take which by the way could change from one season to the next and they're on top of all of that so if you want george Mesa and Mesa wealth management to be on your team just visit their website, MezaWealth.com. That's M-E-Z-A Wealth.com, www.MezaWealth.com. And that will also be in our show notes, so you can check that. And now, back to our show. So, inflation, unemployment, GDP growth, stock market, um, that is a way to assess the economy. Uh, and it, on all measures, again, Economy is doing great. We're not in a recession. Uh now, getting back to the uh the article that I posted about the S&P, I could have posted an article about any one of the other indicators. I just happened to post one about that, partly because it was in, I think it was in the Financial Times. And I'm uh candidly, I'm hesitant to post stuff from uh papers that uh or or, or sources that will get dismissed by some folks. Um, that's a whole other conversation about news sources and whether someone has a blindness or or uh, hates a certain news source for anything that comes out of the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, NBC, What certain certain folks just can't stand the side of it, regardless of whether, you know, Robert Costa is a great reporter or Maggie Haberman is a great reporter. They can't say it because they see New York Times. They're the conversation's over, they can't have a conversation about it. So I posted it from the Financial Times. Anyway, I could have posted any number of sources, any number of um, articles, any number of indicators. That I just happen to post that one. So what I want to do now. Oh, uh, one other thing before I get into the comments. Um, I do curate my threads, which, whether it's on threads <laughs> or Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, the, the, the four main ones that I'm on. And my rules, it, it, they're my threads, therefore my rules. And those rules are pretty simple. Nonsense will be muted. Incivility will be blocked. Proven falsehoods and threats will be reported. Um, Nonsense will be muted. So, for example, I deleted one comment out of this whole thread so far. I deleted one comment, and the comment was "You're high." That doesn't do anything. That doesn't all that. It actually does something. It creates a sense of it's just nonsense. It's it's basically calling someone a name. Like, what are you doing? Like, uh, oh, this person told me I must be high. Oh man, that must have been a dumb comment. Let me check myself. Let me rethink what I no. You're high. What does that do? You're punching me in the face, basically. Uh, it's a weak punch, but it, you know, do better. Do better. So you know, if you have some substance, then then great. Come with it. Disagree with me. Disagree with the person before you, but do it in a civilized way. Don't call anybody names. That's nonsense. Uh, if you take it a step further and 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 you you become uncivil, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to block you. I don't want to have anything to do with you i had a guy on on that I, i'm friends with from from or i was friends with from the entertainment industry and and he was being flat out on civil he he wasn't just calling people names he was bordering on 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 threatening people he was he was diminishing their humanity and he started coming at me as if i needed to uh subscribe to a certain orthodoxy otherwise i was flat out part of the evil you know th- this guy happened to be a uh, pretty far left and unless somebody uh, subscribed to all of his far left tendencies and preferences and prejudices they were evil and part of the enemy and they, they needed to be fought you know what there's nothing productive that's going to come out of that you're too extreme you're too blinded you're not open to a conversation and he was being uncivil so i freaking blocked him um this was several years ago and i have no problem doing that uh yeah i believe in the freedom of speech that asshole can go somewhere else and practice his freedom of speech. He has the right to be stupid and hateful, just not on my freaking thread. So nonsense will be muted. Incivility will be blocked. If you start threatening people, number one, that's top, typically not going to happen on my threads um, because I have this. Uh, I have this other rule where if I know you, if I have a relationship with you, Great, let's have a conversation. And if it gets heated, if we're in the same area, let's get together, let's have a beer, let's talk it out. Sometimes, you know, 240 characters, well, I'm not on Twitter, like I said, but, um, you know, sometimes that space doesn't allow for the new kind of nuance that we need to have. Uh, So I'll invite somebody out to a beer. Even if we're getting into a heated exchange, I'd rather get together with you, see you face to face, sit down, break bread. Because to me, it's not about winning a point. That's stupid. You're not winning any point, by the way. To me, it's about having better conversations across our differences. That's what it's about. Nonsense will be muted. Incivility will be blocked. Proven falsehoods and threats will be reported. And by the way, if you're listening to this and we did have a disagreement, invite me out to invite me out to a beer. Don't put it all on me to invite you. Like I I might take the initiative and, and say, Let's get together, but don't put it all on me, invite me. I, I'd be honored to, to meet you somewhere and uh, have a coffee, have a sandwich uh, or, or just connect uh, in, in person. I, I think there's, that's, uh, there's no substitute for that. So I posted this article from my Financial Times. It, um, it was about the S&P hitting a record high. So I'm gonna read some comments. I'm not gonna tell you the names. You could go on to this thread and and find the names. I, what I'll, What I will say is how I know this person. Um, you know, as these threads get bigger, sometimes there are folks I'm not as familiar with, but I pro- I don't think I'll get to a point where I'm gonna re- respond to anonymous comments. Um, I do think they that I, I'm dubious of the anonymity on social media. Uh, Like I said, I really favor relationships over transactions. So if someone doesn't even put their name now, I'll protect your anonymity. If you want me to, Um, I'll make it vague. Like you'll see how I I treat um, how I refer to the folks here. Um, They did put their names up on this thread so you can find it, but I'm not going to name it here. I didn't ask their permission. What I'll say about this first comment is this is a buddy from high school. So I've known this fellow for a really long time. We were out of touch for a while, but I was really happy to see his name. And uh, you know, I've always thought of him as a, as a good guy. Uh, so I, I wanna read my buddy from high school, his, his one a, part of his comments. He said, the right question is what is the average blue collar worker making? Not the UAW worker, but the logistics person for a local auto parts retailer, or the guy who installs tint on windows, or the person who drives a truck that delivers produce. Our wages have gone up, but not as much as our expenses. So, I think that's a really good point. I, I think that this um, this fellow's experience as a, and I'll read another uh, comment of his is a um, as a small business owner. You know, he he's admirably trying to number one, he's a job creator, so I have ton of respect for that. Number two, he's not he's not just shouting names and using generalities. He's he's getting specific, you know, and he's looking at his profit and loss statement. Um, his his PO and his, his specific challenges, we've had the same challenges. You know, when they were uh, proposing in, in LA County and in California as a whole to raise the minimum wage from I think it was like 925 or 950 to 15 bucks in a very short amount of time, it wasn't it wasn't that I had an issue with raising minimum wage in general or the idea that folks should be able to make uh you know to make a decent living. The idea was the folks who were trying to force that through in such a short window of time didn't understand how to balance a checkbook, let alone a PL. So they didn't understand that as I had to raise the wages of one of our companies, it meant that our workers' comp rates would go up, our taxes. There so many other things that would be uh, expenses that would be triggered by raising the minimum wage in that short amount of time. And what I would have to do as a business owner to stay in the black would be to raise our prices by the same percentage in that period of time. And that simply wasn't going to happen. Basically, what they were uh, what they were suggesting was to raise and they ultimately did this. We survived barely, you know, in that time period. Um, But they raised it by uh, about 50% within a five year period. So if I'm charging whatever hundred for simplicity's sake, 100 bucks to do a house, and then within five years I'm charging 150 bucks, like that just doesn't. That's my our customers. There's there's a price point at which we we lose too many customers uh, by raising our prices so aggressively. So that was my argument. It wasn't about whether people should make a, a living wage because we you know we I I take a lot of pride in 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 providing great opportunities for the folks that work for us. Anyway, I get what my buddy from high school is saying here. Um, he uh, he he makes some really good good points. I largely agree with what he's saying. He went on to say, "I own a small business that does local delivery services for smaller businesses." And he reiterated, "Most people aren't in unions." He said, "Inflation is up because the cost of running a business is up. Labor, insurance, taxes, etc., are all up." Um, he now, in his case, he said, "I'll blame whoever." is whomever is in office. I like your grammar. Um, The buck stops there. We can't blame everything forever on the pandemic. It's not the pandemic. He says, my costs have risen close to 20% over the past two years. uh, And my revenues can't keep up because my clients will only pay so much. So I make less. And then in turn, I look at every price and I see the misery. So this fellow is, as a small business owner, just trying to make it work, just trying to stay in a black, just trying to keep his business afloat so he can keep his 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 team working and, and pay them a fair wage. He's doing all the right things. So, you know, as I posted something, yeah, I said as a Tiskamach, I posted ah some kind some some recession, huh? Um, and he's looking at the SP. That's what he's he's uh critiquing. And I think it's a totally fair point. Uh I I take that I take that pushback. Um and uh, yeah, no, we're very much in the same boat, and uh, I, I don't, I don't have an, I don't have a huge issue with what this fellow is saying. We largely agree, frankly. Um, I thought initially he was critiquing; he still wanted to critique the Biden administration. At, at another point, he was talking about, um, you know, what it costs to to buy, you know, a meal for the family of four at McDonald's. And uh, I don't know, I mean, if anything, if Trump was back in office, the prices would go up based on supply and demand. That dude eats a lot of McDonald's. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, but I, I take I take what this fella is saying as a small business owner myself, I take what he's saying wholeheartedly and we're, we're largely in agreement. Another comment came from a family friend. We go way, way back with this family we knew when we were in New York. Um, so uh, this this person said I don't know anyone who has gotten a decent raise in years. Uh, and she went on to say, the tri-state area has only been in recovery for about a year. So many businesses never came back. Still, so many stores boarded up. Again, you know, if that is our family friends' experience, I feel for her experience. You know, I know that a lot of people are still hurting. Um, I, and I kind of only half jokingly said, "Listen, if you were in our area, I'd recruit you to, to work with us." You know, we, we'd love to have somebody like you and and give you the kind of raises that you deserve. You know, as I know a lot of small business owners that really do genuinely take a lot of pride in that, like being able to provide people opportunities. Um, but the way this other fellow from my hometown, the Jersey side is talking about, it's just hard. You know, I don't know. I don't know how you connect that to the Biden administration. There are certain things that an administration can do, and it's certain things that it can't do. You know, there is a pretty deep talk—not uh, not a deep talk, but a detailed talk about the levers that an administration can pull in terms of just oil production, for example. You know, and uh, I, I'd encourage you to go and read that thread because it was pretty informed. Um, I and listen, I, I don't think that uh, any president or an administration can affect. Uh, has has total control over gas prices but there are certain things that he, he uh, that in this case Biden can do and in this case i give him a lot of credit for pushing back against the extreme wings in his own party who would rather shut oil o- all oil production down you know uh, as opposed to granting leases and opening up production here domestically whatever whatever levers they can um, they've been pulling to rein gas prices back in and to keep them at more sustainable levels, you know. And I think in in our friend uh, from New York, um, in her case, um, I think her lived experience can't be denied, you know. And one should empathize with that. Uh, but at the same time, are you blaming this administration for it? And that's where that's where I think I have some issues. It's like you only see what you want to see. You already decided you know, you already decided you don't like this administration for, you know, because they happen to have a D before their, you know, this president has a D before his name for Democrat, you know, so that guy can do no right. And the other guy can do no wrong. um, You know, I just, I think we got to be more discerning, you know, and attribute what our very real felt issues are to the right places, while at the same time, acknowledging uh, what went, you know, what's, What's actually going right on the political legislative front, uh, or what's going wrong, and, and and just be candid about that. Um, now, moving on, there was another fellow that I know from here, around the where we live, where we've been living here for the last couple decades plus. Um, our kids went to nursery school together. I saw him at the gym. You know, I we get along. You know, he's he's a, a nice guy. Um, <laughs> He doesn't have, you'll see, he doesn't have a very nice online persona sometimes, uh, but because I abide by this certain rules, I have a relationship with him so I can contextualize who the person is, who the human being is, um, and am better equipped to engage with him not be so reactive on my part which at times i am but here here's what here's what my buddy from around town said he said it's much more difficult for startups and small businesses to make it today now if you left it there uh there's a conversation to be had because i i uh, there's a lot of things i agree with there but he went on to say if we continue to kill energy bring in uneducated and illiterate illiterate migrants and sponsor dei we are done dude (laughs) And I told him this, uh, I, I said, listen, man, the second you start, first of all, he's kind of throwing a lot of crap up against the wall, throwing just, you know, buzzwords, DEI up against the wall. What does DEI have to do with this? Like, what, what, what do you, like, you, you, you lost, and, and plus, like, illiterate, Michael, come on. Like, now, 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 it, it, it is veering into, for lack of a better word, I'm not going to say prejudice, but I will say generalities generalizations um and and mischaracterizations and a degree of dehumanization let's be honest let's be candid about it there's a degree of dehu- like these are human beings that want an opportunity that want to live free these and and I connect it directly with my own story. My grandmother came from russia I've talked about it on this show many many times, so that's um you know, I, I, I think someone, what I would encourage this person to do is, uh, and, and I, listen, again, I make this mistake too. I'll say something that is meant to be triggering or more of a slap in the face or kind of off topic, um, you know, I, so I make this mistake too. Don't get me wrong. But I would say, you know what? Keep to the topic, dude, like, because you you had me at startups and small businesses it's, it's hard for them to make it today, but you lose me at illiterate migrants and DEI. i like, stop, just stop. You want to talk about DEI? That's a much more nuanced conversation. But frankly, based on what you're saying, I have a feeling you really don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Excuse my language. We got an explicit rating. So I like I told my pastor, I'm a Christian. I love, I read my Bible every day, but I curse, I drink and I play poker. Deal with it. Um... You know, this fellow that I know from around town went on to say, put me, put money on the street, not K street. Again, this is someone who has some substance that I can engage with, but I, you know, you set the tone by talking about, uh, uneducated, illiterate, uh, migrants and sponsored. Stop, just stop. Um, so fortunately I hit him up offline, um, you know, and, uh. You know, if he was here, that's an exact example of I would say, hey, man, we, we better go get together because this is not going well right now. Um, you're not you're not availing yourself well right now. You know, you, you might be able to make an argument about immigration, like but not the way you're doing it. Like you, you're not winning over any you're not persuading anybody. You're losing. You're losing me. Um, you know, he said oh the other thing, mom and pop's going down and key tax breaks put in place by, quote unquote, Hitler devil. OK. So he put in quotes, Hitler slash devil, meaning Trump, but he put it in quotes. So that was what we in poker would call a tell. So this is where uh, I'd like to be a little bit more sympathetic. What he is projecting is that anybody who disagrees with him must think of Trump as Hitler, the devil. Now, I make no bones about the fact that as a Christian and as a conservative, I hate Trump. Because of his words, actions and character. Somebody would say, oh, you just hate Trump. You're not calling balls. No, no, no. I'm calling balls and strikes every single day. This individual speaks and acts and has the character or lack of character that indicates why I hate Donald Trump. And that's not as not because I'm a liberal, because I'm not, not that there would be anything wrong with that, not because I'm a progressive, because I'm not, not that there would be anything wrong with that, because I am a conservative, theological conservative, political and social and financial conservative, at, or we could talk about that some other time, but that's where I'm coming from, a conservative. So get over it. You know, you don't take the word conservative and say everybody who loves Trump is a conservative. That's a different like contorted version a corrupted version of the word conservative. So, but that's a whole other conversation I might get into another time. Getting back to this fellow that I know from around town, he says, mom and pop's going down, key tax breaks put in place by quote unquote, Hitler devil. So, this is the key point about that. This is worth talking about. He sees, he's projecting what folks who disagree with him think of Trump. And to, this is why this fellow, I I think, I'm not going to try to psychoanalyze him, but this is, I've seen this again and again and again. Um, This fellow um, also takes critiques of, I've seen him do it before. That's why I'm I'm saying it. He takes critiques of Trump as a critique of him. So when I critique Trump, I'm I'm not attacking you. I'm critiquing Trump. But a lot of people, because they support Trump, and frankly, it's partly because of the ethos of our time that you know, I, close friends of mine get beat up all the time because, you know, I held my nose and voted for Trump. They get their butts kicked. And I feel like, I feel your pain. Like, I, I get it. So if that's been your experience and you get your ass kicked again and again and again, just because you happen to vote a certain way, then you're going to take it personally when someone, it, it's, it's understandable, I should say, to take it personal when someone uh, attacks the person that you voted for. Um, so, you know, and then I don't agree with it, but then you start doing the same thing that, he's do, that he did before with migrants that you, that you do with anybody who, who isn't in your political lane. You know, you start to generalize, mischaracterize and vilify and, and frankly, dehumanize those who aren't in your lane. That's why we got so heated so quick, because he was assuming that I was this thing. Uh, this one binary thing, which I'll get into in a second, you know, because they're, you know, in that world that can only be binaries, you're either on our team or you're not on our team, period, the end. So that's the the putting the Hitler devil reference in quotes. That's where I got a little hint as to where this guy's acidity was coming from or his frustration, where his sharp, you know, edges were coming from. He thinks that everybody else on that thread sees Trump as Hitler, or the devil, you know, he looks at certain policies. Um, You know, if we get to talk about the actual policies, my question is, well, what policies are that? Let's really talk about it. But that's a that's a whole different conversation. So anyway, that little tell gave me a hint as to where this guy was coming from. And despite what he said, I have big problems with saying uneducated, illiterate, illiterate migrants, big problems with a lot of what he said. But if you look hard enough, There's still something in there that I can understand where this frustration, where this anger is coming from. Um, And uh, I'm always I always want to be able to give someone grace, the benefit of the doubt, look beyond their imperfections, because God knows I got plenty of them now. That was my friend from around. There's another buddy from around town. And I, I know this guy, I know his wife, I know his daughter, like I, I, I've been to his house. He's been You're like, we know each other. We've we've gotten together for, for, you know, uh, to talk about some of this stuff. So I know him again, this is an underlying theme is like, I can have a conversation even when we strongly, strongly, strongly disagree. If we have a relationship, you know, and I still think even when we're so far apart, uh, there's still a conversation worth having, and we can do good work together for our democracy, for our republic, if we have a relationship. But if not, we're just you know two monkeys throwing crap at each other. That's that's what it descends into. That's not what I want to see for my country, for my neighborhood, for you know for 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 these relationships that I've had for a long time. That said, this is what <laughs> this next guy said. Um, this fellow, I've, I've played poker with him around town. Um, This is what he said. It depends on what you were looking at. Overall inflation might be down from the high, but it's still twice what it should be. When groceries and food are up 20 plus percent, then consumers uh, lose purchasing power. So sure, wages are growing at 5%. Inflation is now at 3.2ish. To pretend that 3% inflation is good is crazy. So we have been artificially propping up the economy, but the signs for a serious correction are there. House prices are insane. Interest rates are through the roof. Yes, it does seem okay. This is his one concession. Yes, it does seem we may have missed the economy crashing or pressed the pause button for now. That's great, but we are all worse off than we were five years ago. So if I can admit the former, you should be able to admit the latter. No, I don't. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. This is, there is a problem. This I should also say, this is an individual who I respect. He's an earnest dude. Uh, with relatively high IQ. So I don't take what he says lightly. This is what I have a serious problem with. So if I can admit the former, you should be able to admit the latter. And again, it's that is a tell into this whole line of thinking. So there are some pieces of evidence that this individuals uh, presenting as a litigator would before a jury. Um, he's litigating a case, but frankly, it's a stacked deck. That's what a litigator does. I have zero interest in conversations like that, that you're presenting evidence and only the evidence that suits your case. Now, I presented evidence earlier about the economy. I'm perfectly willing to acknowledge you know, the whole picture um, as opposed to squinting your eyes, standing on one foot, contorting yourself so that you can only see what you wanna see and you know, pull out the evidence that, that you want and tell a story. Like a, a number of years ago, Obama's administration was, um, There was a a great record that was emerging about his job numbers that, you know, and then all of a sudden, everybody became an expert in um, uh, workforce participation or, or, you know, a a pretty in-depth kind of uh, analysis tool that that folks use. Well, how many people are actually participating in the in the market, in the job market? You know, like, when did you learn that you learn that because a Democratic president seems to be having success in terms of job numbers so you need to look for something so that you can still criticize it that's what my friend uh my my, let's call him my poker friend that's what my poker friend is doing here he's squinting his eyes he's torting the logic in all kinds of ways because he wants to present a certain case why because this individual sees everything through a binary that's what that last part of the comment indicates if i can admit the former you should be able to admit the latter as if it's a contest as if i you know as if everything is black or white, everything is Republican or Democrat, conservative or his version of conservative or progressive. You know that. So the the entire worldview is flawed. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have this conversation because one, I see what he's doing. He's stacking. A, <laughs> he's my poker friend, and he's stacking a deck. Anyway, that's not what he does. He he plays fair. Um, but uh, in this instance, the argument is a stacked deck argument, and I don't think he even recognizes it. I don't think he even recognizes that every conversation is an either or. Well, you're either for Trump in this instance, or you're against him, and you might as well be with Ilhan Omar. You know, that's not a great way. That that lacks nuance, and it lacks truth, frankly. So um, if I can admit the former, you should be able to admit the latter. This is the other thing that it indicates. Everything is a damn contest. It doesn't need to be a contest. It can just be a conversation. How about we have a conversation? I would love to arrive at a point where I say, huh, I never thought of it that way with him. I've talked about that posture. I want the posture, everyone in, in conversations that I have to have the posture of, huh, I never, to arrive at a place where you say, I never thought of it that way. So he is conceding a point in order to win 12 points. Like he sees it as a contest. I, I have zero interest in the contest. Why, and especially because he sees it as a binary. There's only a binary way to look at this. The economy's terrible. The economy's good. It's no, everything. I'm much more interested in nuance and I'm much more interested in truth. I have zero interest in the con. If I can admit the former, you could. No, it's not a freaking contest, dude. Sorry. It's not a freaking contest. So I'm not going to admit anything because I want you to engage in a different sort of conversation, not a conversation that is a freaking debate. Not, as a, not a conversation that that uh, you know. Questions aren't really questions; they're interrogations, so that you can dismiss you know all my points and be right somehow. Oh, you're and and then what what happens next? I bow down at your feet and say, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. No, no, no. I have zero interest in that. Uh, and as you could see, it frustrates the crap out of me. So it's not a binary. It's not. A, if I'll give you that point if you give me no. I, I'm not even going to pretend, I'm not going to engage until there's a reframing of the conversation, a reframing of the context, Context. if you're able to back away from the binary, back away from, well, if you're not for, in favor of this, well, then you must be in favor of that. That is such a, that's a, such a, a twisted way to look at the world. You know, we were in this other conversation after October 7th, where he essentially like I had to cut him off for a few uh, I got so I got so upset because this is very personal to me, as you know, I have family in Israel, but he um number one, he took a victory dance over uh you know uh, that, oh, if Trump was still in office, that were to happen dude stop you're you're embarrassing yourself now. um you know, so he was taking a victory dance while I was still not sure whether one of our cousins was dead or alive now tragically that that particular the nephew of, of my cousin was killed on october 7th I, we didn't we were still in limbo at that point not to mention all of our young cousins between 18 and 30 or so that were being called up uh, to to the idf so i we were in a very it's not a good time for him to do a freaking touchdown you know white shoes johnson dance uh you know for oh, if trump was in office this never would happen bullshit. um so the other thing he did was, well, if you don't support Trump's policies, then you're essentially with Ilhan Omar and anti-Semites. I'm like, dude, we're done, you know, you, because we've talked a lot. He knows he should know, have a better grasp of what my actual political, social, economic, fiscal, business, theological philosophy is. So I've spent all this freaking time with you, and now you're basically dismissing me as some far left extremist. Now some folks might dig Ilhan Omar and and the squad and that. And I frankly I could have a probably have a healthier conversation with folks who support, you know, AOC, um, even if we disagree on a lot of things, um, because I suspect that they're not gonna end up calling me an anti Semite or racist or or this or that. Like I suspect we're not going to get there. So I had to put this relationship on pause because what he said and what he did was so upsetting, but this, it it ties into the same mistake that he's making right here, which is, so if if I can admit the former, you should be able to admit the latter. Now it's not binary. That's a contest. That's a black or white thing. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a way oversimplified way to view the world. And it's really, it's, It's lying by virtue of ignoring reality, ignoring the complexity of reality and the nuance of of, of truth. Uh, So uh, uh, and and it's it's destructive. It's destructive to have to to try to be pulled into conversations where there's only an either or, either I'm right or you're wrong or you're right on this point and there, you know, no, I'm not going to get caught up in that. Anyway, I've made my feelings uh, very, very clear on that last comment. I still hope that I get together for drinks with this person at some point in the future, uh, maybe sooner rather than later. If he's listening to this, maybe he's pissed off by now, but uh, I, I still am pissed off about how he handled the post October 7th thing. Um, anyway, my favorite part of this comment thread, <laughs> I had some friends start posting dog pictures. Why? Because clearly things started getting heated. Anytime you get into conversation of politics, social, religion, all, it could get heated. And uh, one time, um, not too long ago, I posted something, and somebody was being an asshole, frankly. And I, I was like, "Dude, you haven't commented on anything. You haven't even said hello." And I can't count how many years, and now you're dropping in here and and you know throwing some punches and you know calling me names and I'm like, dude, you know what? You haven't earned the right to comment on this thread. You haven't even commented on a damn picture of my dog or my kids. So go go your merry way. And then you know, just last week, a couple of weeks ago, I posted a picture of my family with the dogs and everything. I got like a hundred comments. And uh, so people love dogs, right? So a few people on this thread, I think took note of that. They posted pictures of their dogs. And uh, I thought that was really sweet. It was a really sweet way to, uh, uh, to, uh, lighten up the, the mood. So I appreciate, uh, you, you know who you are. I appreciate you uh, if you've gotten this far in this, uh, diatribe. So I'll, uh, with that, I'll end it here. As always, if you dig what we're doing, please hit that subscribe button. Leave a review and comments. Seriously, like, comments and and leave that, re- like, write that review and tell somebody about talking politics and religion without killing each other. We're easier to recommend than ever. It's politicsandreligion.us. It's www.politicsandreligion.us. You can find me online at Corey S. Nathan. That's at N A T H A N And, uh, Now, go talk some politics and religion with gentleness and respect (laughs) and have a great week.